I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Hey guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters where we talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like relationships, finances, you name it, we talk about it, even some things that are a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show.
Guys, welcome back. It's been a minute since I've been in the hot seat. I'm a little bit behind. Had to take about a week off coming back home from New Orleans. Had a bunch of stuff to get caught up on. Kids' first week of school. Uh, it was my birthday. So between that and then trying to work a couple hours and work a few shifts to uh, make a little money and pay for our New Orleans trip, things have just been super busy around here. So I'm getting caught up, trying to jump back in the hot seat and pour back into y'all on uh, some things that have been on my mind. But first and foremost, I want to... Thank all of you for the support that y'all gave uh, the Third Alarm Cowboys and to RJ going into New Orleans. Things didn't pan out exactly the way we wanted to. There pretty much hasn't been very many answers that have been given our way, but we had a meeting about it with his uh, training team and the rest of the TAC team, and we sat around, and basically the best thing we could come up with with all of the different uh, puzzle pieces to what ended up happening pretty much what we're thinking is the uh, Louisiana Boxing Commission end up pulling the permit for the event about an hour before the gates open. That's not a normal thing. Um, pretty much when we went by there, there was you know all the equipment set up, tables set up, rings set up, and that's not normal for a promoter to uh, cancel an event that close to to gates being open and, and everything like that. So pretty much you know with the refunds that had to go out to everybody and all that basically that promoter ate the shit and so we're thinking it's not on the promoter what we're thinking is that the boxing commission for louisiana pulled the permit for whatever reason we don't know if somebody dropped out of a fight and so they didn't have enough to fill fill the fight ticket we're, we're not 100 percent sure but basically that's what we're thinking ended up being the cause of rj not getting to fight so we've had to do a little brainstorming, reaching out to some other fight promoters and everything and try to get him get him into a fight sometime in the in the next month for sure, especially since he's uh he's ready to go. I mean he's ready to go today. So that's our goal for him, sitting with his trainer. Basically what we're looking at doing is is getting, you know, ten to fifteen good bouts under his belt and get his name out there so we can start getting him some real exposure with some big time promoters and that'll get him you know the ability to fight in some of these big casino fights and then make a run for the belt i mean that's what he's ultimately wanting to do is he's fighting in the cruise weight so he's wanting to uh you know potentially go go big time um that is his dream and that's what he was telling us. So he's gonna he's gonna maintain this last six months, you know, with having some issues with promoters and getting into fights over the last six months. He had kind of gained gained a little too much weight, and so he was having to cut pretty hardcore going into this fight. So basically, the strategy is now he's gonna maintain, keep his weight within you know five to ten pounds of where he needs to be. So any opponent that comes up whenever they they say a weight, he'll be able to make it, you know, within a week. And it won't be that detrimental to him. So that's our current strategy is, is looking at that, talking with different promoters. His trainer is, is fired up, ready to go. His, his trainer's absolutely all, all in for where, what RJ's got going on. I mean, he is he's primed up. His mindset is good. He's, he's ready to fight. So it's just basically us getting with the right people and making it happen. So thank you all for everyone that, that supported us. And just know we had a hell of a time in New Orleans as a tag team. We... Uh, we really got to uh, got to enjoy the city, got to eat some great food, hit up Bourbon Street for two nights, which was pretty rough, but, you know, that's all part of it. Um, it just may remind you that you ain't 21 anymore whenever you go down there to those type of situations. So we had a great time, took the wives with us, and it was just all in all, it was a, it was a great trip. It was a little bit of a... Um, 
you know combination for for my birthday as well. So we made we made it even though we didn't get to have have a good fight night. Well, we made it something special, and that's what it's all about. And that's something I, I want to talk about on this show. I've been, you know, going back and forth on different topics and stuff, and I like to jump around a little bit and keep people interested. I don't want to talk about the same old shit over and over again, and people start, you know, turn, their ears turning off or getting getting burnt out on hearing stuff. I mean, a lot of the topics that I talk about are of great importance, and it's shit that's going on. I get these stories from y'all, I get the messages from y'all from all across the country, different things going on, and I really want to to help y'all be a voice, and I want to basically give y'all a platform through my voice, through what I can do to try to educate people, to try to make people feel like, you know, hey, we're not alone. Like, there's plenty of other departments out here that are going through issues like retention, um, money issues, you name it, and it's happening. I mean, all these different things. And so it's something that, that it does take a little bit of a toll on me as far as for, I do get a little bit of frustration built up whenever I'm seeing all these different departments and it's the same story after the same story after the same story of the same old bullshit, just shit leaderships. And no one seems to be doing really anything about it. The cities are in bed with the fire chiefs. The fire chiefs are in bed with the cities or the ESD boards or whatever and vice versa. And the guys that are online, y'all can't even pay your fucking house note. You, so there's not, not a whole lot that happens. It's a very slow process. And so people message me and ask, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And so I, I try to give you all my best advice on what I think your best avenues do could be whether it's through a union whether it's through legal means whether it's y'all standing up or whatever so i hope that y'all understand that that's my my overall goal for this is just to give y'all words of encouragement let you know that you're not in this shit together give whatever advice that i can from my past experience throughout my career and really that's what it's all about to me is it's all about a real brotherhood it's not about bumper stickers and bullshit like i said on the on the last episode that's not what it's about to me this is not sitting around and all of us just basically jerking off to fire stuff and saying that we give a shit about each other. But at the end of the day, when your brother or your sister's in need, you say, oh man, I really, I can't say nothing. That's not what this shit is for me. I'm going to say something. I'm going to put it out and I expect every single one of you to put it out. It's your job to step up. If, if your brother or sister needs help in any means, it's your job to do that. And I think that, that that's something within the fire service as a whole that we're missing. There's a lot of people that are basically walk, or they're, they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. You know that. I know that. We've all seen it. You got the guys, they talk all this big shit about brother this and brother that. And then at the end of the day, they're in the fucking chief's office telling them every single thing that y'all talked about. So with this platform, I want y'all to know that shit ain't fucking happening here. If I had my way and I ran a fire department, if you, I would, you won't talk about policies. I would put a policy that if you're a snitch bitch, you're a fired motherfucker on the spot. If you come to the fire chief to tattletale on somebody else, you are fired as fuck. I don't care what, what it is, what happened, you are a fired bastard. That's how I feel about it. If you can't handle certain things at your level, that's what your officer is for. Your captains, if you are a captain, you need to handle every situation. This everything's got to go to daddy bullshit is why most of these departments are all having the issues that they're having. 
officers aren't stepping up and taking care of issues. You have fire chiefs that are attacking the officers, saying, "Oh, you're that that are doing the right thing and taking care of shit, basically in house within their crews, tending to their crews." They say, "Oh, well, you're covering shit up." Well, no, that's not that's not the reality of of what's going on. The officer is doing their job and taking care and being the company officer, being the company leader, being the manager, whatever you want to put it, the supervisor role. They're tending to shit at that level, and that's what needs to fucking happen. This shit of of everything's got to go to daddy. That's how we have allowed for these crooked ass piece of shit fire chiefs to be able to run every single aspect of the fire department as a whole. So when there are issues like retention or equipment issues or budget issues or all those different things, y'all have no teeth to get anything done because you have not gotten anything done in the past. The chief has done everything. Whether it was the hiring, whether it was the firing, whether it was such and such showed up 30 seconds late to shift, the captain is such a pussy that he couldn't take care of that shit on his own, so he took it to daddy, and daddy had to come over and take care of it. So now daddy handles everything, so now you're sitting here 10, 15 years down the road, and you wonder, well, why the fuck don't the captains have any power to run their own crews? Why do the senior firefighters not have any power to run their own firefighters and teach the shit that actually matters? Well, that's why, guys. That's why. Because of cowardice bullshit in the past that officers and senior members of the fire department refused to step up and have a little bit of confrontation and say, hey, motherfucker, you were five minutes late. You need to take care of your relief tomorrow and show up either five minutes early or work something out with them, whether it's you know off the books, shit, whatever needs to be taken care of, you and your relief need to attend to this shit. It does not need to go to the chief's office. That's what we need to be doing. Crews need to be running themselves. Officers need to be running their crews. And this shit of running to daddy for every little bitty fucking thing is what has caused us to be at the position that so many departments are where the chief is the fucking king. I've said that before. That's where I get on that. The king is, he thinks it's his kingdom, it's his realm, he's reigning over y'all because y'all have given that power. It's just like, in the United States government. The Founding Fathers very specifically broke it down where the, the power was supposed to be at the states and the federal government was supposed to support that. But what we have done over the last 60 to 75 years is given all the power to the federal government and your local and state officials are pussies and don't tend to jack shit and blame everything on the federal government. I'm from Texas and I'll tell y'all right now, our governor... Governor Abbott of the state of Texas is the biggest pussy that ever walked the planet. He is the biggest excuse for everything that's happening in Texas as far as what we have going on with the border and everything. He is the first motherfucker to sit there on national television and say, it's all Biden's fault, it's all Biden's fault, it's all Biden's fault. No, motherfucker. The Texas Constitution very specifically states that you have the power in the state of Texas as the governor to shut the fucking borders down. We are a sovereign state. Therefore, he could deploy all law enforcement and the Texas National Guard to the fucking border and stop the shit. And if Biden and whoever else wants to say, oh, well, you're being mean, he could tell them to fuck off. Greg Abbott can shut down this crisis that's happening at the border, but he refuses to do so because he wants to point the finger at Biden. And it's no different 
in what's happened on every other aspect of politics over the last 60 fucking years. Everybody wants to pass the buck. Everybody wants to blame somebody else. Nobody wants to step up into the fold and say, no, we're stopping this shit today. We're handling this shit today. And it's no different in the fire department. We've done the same shit. You have some shitbag rookie that the senior fireman can't do anything with them. The EO can't do anything with them. The captain couldn't do anything with them, so they just pass them all along, and nothing fucking happens, and the douchebag now has been there for 15 or 20 years, and the excuse is, oh, he's just always been that way. Well, he was a shitbag when he was a rookie in his first six months of being here. Y'all should have shit-canned him then, but nobody wanted to do it, so you've passed the buck. You've passed it on and on and on, and so nothing has gotten done. Now that individual has had the ability, if you work at one of these civil service departments or whatever, if that person is a good test taker, now they've moved up the fucking ranks and they're possibly a chief or the chief. And so they went from being shitbag rookie to the chief, and what in the fuck did y'all expect to happen? Y'all just thought miraculously that this individual was going to get promoted and shit and become a great individual? No. Their character is dog shit. But because we had weak-ass leadership that refused to do a, handle a little bit of conflict, step into the fold with a little bit of confrontation and say, hey man, this job's not for you. You need to either shape up or ship out. Bottom line. Your character isn't cool. You're not putting out. You're not doing the job the right way. You don't show up. Whatever, whatever all the different examples as to why that guy's a shitbag, or that girl's a shitbag. It was not handled at the level it needed to be handled. And everybody just passed the buck. And that's where I'm just like sitting here mind blown of where we are of a fire service, of a country as a whole. Because we've had years and years and decades and decades of pass the fucking buck. You know that, uh, there's a song that came out this week that went like, fucking retardedly viral within 24 hours. And it's that, you know, Richmond, Northam, Richmond. I'm sure every single one of you has seen it all over social media, whatever. And really and truly, if y'all think about it, the dude doesn't sing that great, but it's the lyrics to the song that I would say 95% of the country resonates with. We're all tired. We're all beat the fuck up. No one's dollar is lasting worth the fuck. We're all working a shitload of overtime. And if for you firefighters out there, that's it, it, it applies to within your department too. That cultural problem that we feel as a United States is in the fire department as well. And that's what people need to start understanding. You have the, the grand spectrum of the United States, but then within the United States, there's the fire service. And all we are is an exact replica of that society and culture, but within a first responder realm. You have people from every walk of life. You have people of all different colors, creeds, religions, whatever. You have all these different things from society that's mirrored into the fire service. So when the same problems that's happening in culture and government and all that shit is the same problems that's happening in the fire service. So you can get mad all day long for shit happening out here in the public, but within your home, which the firehouse is your second home for most of us 
we've probably seen the fire station more than we have our own home. If you're allowing for those same cultural problems to be happening within that home, then you're just as much to blame. Not holding accountability. Not taking care of your brothers and sisters on the line. Worrying about promoting yourself and taking care of yourself rather than taking care of the crew. Those are all things that we see on an everyday fucking basis in the United States and we all get mad about it. We all get mad about the politicians padding their own fucking pockets while we're sitting over here wondering how you're going to pay for groceries and your mortgage. We all get fucking sick of politicians and shit being able to get positions that they're not even fucking qualified. AOC was a fucking bartender and then now she's up there making decisions that control all of us. Trying to tell us what kind of fucking trucks we can drive. She was a fucking bartender, didn't even own a vehicle. Walking back and forth, it wasn't until she got into politics that she was able to get a fucking vehicle. But now she's going to tell me, in Deep East Texas, what kind of fucking vehicle I need to use to haul my horses and cows. It's called not qualified to be able to make those kind of decisions. And in the fire service, we have the same shit. We have fire chiefs that don't hold fire certifications running fire departments. You got officers that haven't even fucking done jack shit online. They rode an ambulance... For their whole career as a firefighter. Then they promote to captain because they can memorize the book. And they're making first in officer decisions of command on a fire scene when they've never been a firefighter. It's the same shit happening. But guys aren't putting that. They're, they're, people aren't recognizing that shit. Guys aren't putting that correlation together. That it's a cultural thing nationwide. That's why I'm coming down so hard on the fire service. Because I believe within my heart and soul that if the fire service gets our shit together, that will be a rippling effect that it will help all of our communities and spread nationwide. If firefighters will step up, how many fucking firefighters y'all see in Congress? How many fucking firefighters y'all see in, in uh, the Senate? How many firefighters do y'all see as governors of states or, or state representatives? None. Because y'all motherfuckers are working two jobs for 30 fucking years to pay for the shit that you got because you allow for someone else to fuck off your money. So you don't even have the ability if you have the passion and the heart to try to want them get out and help. You don't have the ability to do it because of the little decisions that are happening now right in front of your face that you refuse to do anything about. We need more firefighters out there. Just like I think it's a great thing that at the federal level we have so many prior service members, military service members, that are now getting involved in politics. I think that's a great thing. I think it's absolute insanity that you can order the fighting age men of our country to go to war, but you've never served in war to understand what that even fucking means, which is what we've dealt with for the last 30 years in this country. We've had people that had the voting ability to send our entire military overseas to fight for 20 fucking years, and none of them actually served. So I think it's a great thing that our, our percentages of our government are growing of people that actually served in the military. So at least when it comes to all these fucking wars where we're sending hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars of mine and your money to go fight, we at least will have people that understand the consequences of that fight rather than just people that want to write a blank fucking check to everything, which is what's happening right now and has been happening for the last 20 to 30 years in case y'all missed it.
So something that's been on my mind when it comes to all of this, speaking with a good friend of mine the other day, and I was mowing some of the pastures over here at our place because since I told y'all before, everything is super fucking dry. Texas is in an insane drought right now. And uh, shout out to all, all my Texas firefighters that have been basically getting fucking hammered when it comes to grass fires and wood fires all over the state. We I've had friends that's been deployed all over with um, Texas Forest Service stuff. And it, it really has been bad. It's been crazy. Texas is in just really... A really bad way right now when it comes to drought conditions and hot i mean this whole week it's been 105 107 every single day so shout out to all you guys that are out there having to deal with all that fighting grass fires every single day i feel for y'all um i really do it's hot and miserable and it doesn't take much to start a fire right now so conditions are bad so my thoughts are with y'all and y'all keep doing the right thing and, and putting in the work but something that i was talking to my buddy about when i was mowing the other day it's something that I think a lot of people, I don't know if it's because guys are, are really financed to the max or what exactly it is. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's a, uh, a misunderstanding. I don't know, but I'm just going to put this information out. So I was talking the other day with my friends and he was, we were talking about just all the shit it, t it takes to upkeep this, this ranch that I live on, this farm that I live on. And the mowing, the equipment, all the shit with the horses, the cows. I mean, it's, it is a seven-day-a-week job just, just keeping this place up, keeping fences. I mean, all that shit. But part of that is you have to understand that shit is not going to go your way. You're going to have broken equipment. You're going to have trees that fall on the fucking fence and let the fucking cows out. And then the neighbors call and they say, hey, your cows are out and you're in fucking Houston at work. And so you're making phone calls trying to figure out who is around that can go over there and get the cows back on the right side of the fence. I mean, that's just really how it goes. And I've been thinking about that for about the last week or so. And it, it's just kind of one of those things like, hey, shit happens. You know, equipment gets broken. Uh, this year on the bush hog already, we've had, you know, multiple pieces of torn up equipment that's cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars to fix that I've had to, you know, basically order shit and get it put in and get it put on and, and get back to mowing. I mean, that's just, that's all part of it. And I think so many guys that, that we know, they, they have completely lost that concept of, Shit happens. You look at RJ and the fight. We pack up. We all go down there. An hour before gates open up. I'm there. I'm I'm literally in the car headed there to go fucking set up our booth with all of our uh, fight shirts for RJ and all of our, our decorations and everything. I loaded the car down and, and all this shit headed down there. We're headed to go set that shit up and get the phone call that this is all going down. I mean, shit happens, guys. And you can't let it ruin everything you have going on. Now, if you ask any of my friends overall, I am a very positive person. Now, I am able to see bullshit very quickly. I'm able to see bad in situations very quickly. I am. I have a nose for it. I got a set of eyes for it. I see corruption and bullshit very quickly, faster than most people do. I'm able to read people's character, usually pretty quickly. I have a, ju a good judge of character. I was just born that way. And as a child, 
it usually it, it always panned out. If there was something I didn't like about somebody, more than likely it was justified. And it would just take time to, for that ugly to finally come out. But so many people, especially in our business, they're not planning for the what ifs. Guys aren't planning for the shit happens situations. And I think it's because so many people are, especially when it comes to promoting themselves in the leadership positions, I think all of you at this point know how I feel when it comes to guys promoting too quickly, people promoting for the wrong reasons. But another aspect of that is when people promote and they're already out of their operational ability zone, I guess if you will, if they're already outside of their ability to actually get shit done because they either lied about their position, they lied about their experience, they promoted too quickly. I mean, all of you know the million examples. But what you have to understand is at that point, whether you're training, you don't have enough, you're out, you're, you're at the end of your line when it comes to your training, you don't have enough experience to back up to be able to critically think to get through different situations. Basically, it's a recipe for disaster because you're you're trying to land the airplane on fumes with every fucking situation that you have because you just don't know. And the problem is so many people aren't leaving enough reserve either in their ability, in their experience, in their training, in their knowledge, whatever it is, or even in their fucking budget. To account for those what if, oh shit, shit happens moments. Now what I mean by that, let's take for instance this example. As a fire chief, you have to present a budget. You have to present your budget to your board or your city council, whatever. Well, in that budget, you should have major contingencies for maintenance of vehicles. Maintenance of stations, gear maintenance, all these different things, they add up. I mean, how many of y'all have seen a piece of equipment break on your truck and the fire department doesn't have enough money to get it fixed? That's a fucking big problem. I get your messages of, I, I got one of our listeners sent me a message of, of the fucking air packs that his department is having to use and none of them would pass fucking inspection. If, if TCP, Texas Commission on Fire Protection, showed up to the station, any station I ever worked at, and the frontline apparatus had the air packs that this individual sent me pictures of, the station would get shut the fuck down. The fire department would get fined, and the station would get shut down until they could get proper equipment there. Whether it was written there, written air packs, whatever it was, they would be shut down. They would not be allowed to operate with that. And the excuse... Like this individual said that the fire chief gives, they don't have the money for it. Well, part of your job, if you're doing that budget planning, is planning for shit to break. Is planning for shit to go wrong. You may have to fucking, you're, you may have guys that are at a commercial fire and they get some sort of damn chemical on them that completely degrades and, and makes their entire fucking sets of gear shit. So are you going to wait around on the insurance claim to come in from that commercial building before you can give your guys the proper gear that they need? That 
that could get tied up in a lawsuit and be caught up for three, four, five years before you get your money to replace that gear. So you have to leave yourself that room to be able to purchase new gear, to buy new tires. If your one of your vehicles, you know, one of the one of the trucks have a fucking blowout or some shit, you have to leave yourself that reserve to be able to make sure that you can still operate if shit happens. And that goes in every single aspect. That goes with us in our personal lives. So many guys. I mean, I've done a few episodes where I've talked a little bit about finances and stuff, and I get it. Right now, times are fucking hard. I'm no different than y'all. Times are fucking hard. That's the reason why I haven't gone out and and spent all the money on being able to upgrade this podcast to go straight video and all that and being able to expand this this platform the way that I want to because I'm not going to come out of pocket and swipe my fucking credit card a bunch to be able to put on this this whole big show like I want to do because I know financially that's not responsible. So, so many of us that are out there right now have done a lot of things or, or are still doing a lot of things that are financially irresponsible. And then you wonder why you can't, if you have a set of fucking, you know, tires that you need to purchase or even a fucking oil change, you guys wonder why you don't have the money for it. Now, I understand bad shit happens. That's not what I'm talking about. Kids get sick, hospital bills, shit like that. You get hurt. That That's all, that's totally different circumstances. So don't think that I'm talking about you if that is you. But I'm talking about the guys that have a brand new RV sitting in their shit, a fucking boat, a side-by-side, a big-ass fucking house, all this shit sitting there in your fucking driveway, and you wonder you're having to work seven days a week somewhere, and you still can't pay for the shit. You can't buy groceries, and you just... Basically holding on by a thread, wondering if you got to buy fucking tires tomorrow, how the fuck can you do it? That's a huge problem with firefighters. I see it. So many of us, because I did that. I did that for fucking years, y'all. Years. But you finally hit a fucking wall. And so many guys are, I'm seeing it, I see guys that are posting shit, selling shit for for what they owe on it. That's where we're at. And what I want y'all to understand, right now, if you're a young firefighter coming in, you need to learn this example from those that came before you. When it comes to your money, yes, being a firefighter, you get a steady check, there's job security, blah, 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 all that shit that everybody says. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to be smart with your money. You have to. Because a million things can fucking happen. You have to leave yourself some grace for the oh shit moments. It's just like another example would be when you're working out. When you're, say you're RJ and you know that you have a fight coming up. You guys think that he plans in his mind through all his training he does up to a fight that he's going to train just enough so when he goes in the fight, if he's got to go full rounds in a fight, that his gas tank is going to be on E and he's going to coast into fumes in the last fucking round. No. They train, fighters train 10 times 
the amount of fucking time that they're going to be in that fucking ring, they're putting in that training. So that their gas tank is slap-ass fucking full even at the end of their fight. That's how you handle that shit properly when it comes to your body, when it comes to your mind. You need to... I mean, for those of you that are in the fire service, you need to train and educate yourself to a level where people may be talking on level A, but your your mental ability, your education, and your experience, and your training has you on like level C or D. You want to truly advance? That's what you need to do. Stay ahead of the game. Don't come in there. Don't come into a station or try to come into a new role. Say you're promoting and all you know is the baseline of what the fucking book that you you took to take the test is. That's not enough. You need way more information. You need more in your gas tank and more behind your name and your brain and your soul and everything else to be able to adequately do that job. That that one book or three books or whatever that you memorize, that's not enough. It doesn't leave you enough in reserve for the oh shit moments. It doesn't, those books don't tell you what to do when you have a fucked up incident. That's basic baseline knowledge shit. And so many guys think that that's all they have to do is just be good enough. But then when the oh shit moments happen, you leave everyone out there with their ass hanging in the breeze because you can't make the fucking decisions. It goes back to my original conversation of this show talking about guys passing the buck. If guys knew, I, I've heard it so many times, and I'm guilty of this myself, firefighters don't go to college usually. They want to be firefighters. They didn't want to go to college. So they learned literally baseline fire academy shit. And then everything else they got was experience on the job. Okay, that's cool. I did the same fucking shit. I was in the fire service for like eight years before I went back to college. So one thing that people need to understand how that contributes to the problems that we see of how things have been passed and passed and passed and it gets to the fire chief's desk, so he's the end-all, be-all on shit all the fucking time, was because none of those individuals further down the line, down the chain of command, had the mental education or abilities to handle the situations in a legal and proper manner. Whether it was following the policies, whether it was following uh, human resources law, whatever it was, if those guys would have had that knowledge to handle the shit at the lower levels, it never would have got to the chief, and you wouldn't be having all every single issue to where the point that the fire chiefs are like, well, I have to handle everything, so I'm going to handle everything. It all falls back on us. It all falls back on you having it in yourself to... Push yourself to get the experience. Push yourself to get the training. Push yourself to get the education that you need for the oh shit moments. For when shit breaks. For when shit goes sideways. For whenever the world is coming to an end that you can be the one that can handle the situation. And even if it isn't something that you know how to do, you have the mental capability of being able to critically think to get through that situation. 
we all know that no fire is the same. Every fire incident that you go to is different. Every single one of them. And they never go according to plan. Something fucks up. Somebody fucks up. Somebody else fucks up your shit. It always happens. Either a piece of equipment breaks, some asshole drives over your five inch, something happens. And normally we're taught in years past, we've always been taught to critically think to get through those situations. But in present times, the critically thinking individuals have just passed the buck. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to step up and actually handle the real situations because those real situations aren't going to get you the credit. The only thing that gets you the credit is being Chief's boy. I get it. I do. Been through it for years. I can't tell you how many incidents that my crew was looked at and told, go handle the situation. We didn't get the credit for it. We didn't get the fucking life-saving them fucking award and the medals and all that shit. We didn't get any of that. Never. We might have got a data boy, a backhanded data boy from the battalion chief, but then he later on used it as an ability to say, well, my shift is the best. I get it. But at the end of the day, when you go home and you can lay your head at night knowing that... Yeah, you might not have got all the commendations and the medals and all the fucking hoorah shit. You did what needed to be done for the community and you did what needed to be done for your crew. And the best way to do that is to prepare yourself, either physically, mentally, whatever it is, prepare yourself for those oh shit moments. It's just learning to accept that in life, everything you do is going to have shit happen. Everything. Even mowing the yard, you're going to have shit break. You're going to have a fucking sprinkler head that you didn't see and you ran it over. So now you're going to fucking Home Depot or Lowe's to buy the shit to fix it. I mean, every shit happens every time we try to do something. But you can't let it destroy your whole fucking world. You can't let it destroy everything you're trying to accomplish. You just handle the situation, get it done, problem solve, and go on to the next thing. That's what we do as firefighters. We're problem solvers. So if you're not preparing yourself for those situations of shit happens, or you're not even accepting of it because you're fearful of it always, you're, you're feel fearful of things going wrong, then you're not setting yourself up for success at all. And that's a terrible spot to be in. So that's something I want everybody to think about. Really, that's that's the two topics I want to talk about tonight. I just got off of a fucking 48, so I'm a little bit tired, but I wanted to jump on here because I know that I've been behind the eight ball when it came to um, posting this week's show, and I apologize for that, but um, just getting back from New Orleans and then getting the, the kids all started with their first week of school and all that, it's it's been a pretty busy week. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I wanted to give you all just those little tidbits of information and you know, something I saw this week that was really pretty inspiring, and, I, and I'm happy to see it. The majority of all the fire uh, firefighter or fire chiefs that I follow and this, that, and the other, everybody this week has been posting, um, you know, getting their, their acceptance or their breakup letters or whatever for FDIC for next year on which classes are going to be accepted and, you know, the people that are wanting to go and, and speak at, at FDIC and offer their uh, their classes and information and stuff. And, you know, I the people that I follow, of course, I'll give a little disclaimer. The guys that I follow have all gotten breakup letters for it. 
Um, which is kind of, uh, it's something I'm kind of questioning because I don't know what the criteria is to get to be a speaker at FDIC. And so I'm really kind of curious because the people that I've seen that have got denied, those individuals are phenomenal. So, and their, their courses are phenomenal, the information they're putting out, their experience, everything is highly credible and all this stuff. So I'm like, damn, all right, what caliber of people are, is FDIC going to have if there's people that are even better than these guys? That's, that's something I'm kind of curious about and questioning because I'm like, damn, all right, they must be like having some, some show enough people show up next year. So one thing that's been really inspiring to me is every single one of those individuals that got a breakup letter, they all have basically said in their you know, posts and shit about it, shit happens. It's not our time. Several of the guys I saw, they said you know, they've spoken there in the past or their training courses have been accepted in the past and they weren't able to go, whatever, and so it's just not their year. And I'm like, man, that, that really is so true. For so many guys to need to understand that shit really happens. And this is even, I mean, top-notch training individuals are telling y'all that shit happens. That they don't even get accepted. That their course is not what they're looking for this year. Whatever. All the different examples, I'm sure y'all have seen them on Facebook. But it was just really cool to me to see that from individuals of that caliber that I look up to that are role models to me and they're even saying like guys shit happens we're just going to keep rocking on this year go to you know a bunch of other different conferences whatever put our information out hope y'all like what we have to say hope y'all can learn something from what we have to say and we'll try again next year for FDIC that's awesome to me and that's really what where my mindset is and where I want all of you to be is to start planning for those oh shit moments, whether it's in your personal life, with your finances, or whether it's in you know your, your career, being able to plan for those things that it might not be your time for that promotion. It might not be your time to make that fire. There's a million things that can happen that can hinder you from it being your time. Shit happens. Stuff breaks. It's just part of life. And the other aspect to that is if it is your time to step up and handle some shit or to step up and to be in that conversation, to be in that room, to get whatever needs to be done, done, don't pass the buck. Don't send the shit down the road because all you're doing is hurting further generations. And you may not see it in your career, but I promise you guys further down the line, 15, 20 years from now, they'll see it. Y'all heard me talk about my local department up the road up here. They're seeing it. They're seeing the problems from 15 or 20 years ago are 100% coming, slapping them in the fucking face today, right now. They had a major commercial fire the other day with a, with a hotel fire, and they had to call for several volunteer departments in the county to come help them because their manpower isn't there. Now, this is a five-station, large what I would say large East Texas city that has ladder trucks, pumpers, heavy rescue trucks, all that shit, they weren't able to combat the fire on their own at all because of their staffing shortage. So they had to rely on volunteer departments to come into their city and help put their fire out. That's insane to me. Five stations, 
You should be able to handle a hotel fire with five stations and a ladder truck. You absolutely should. I don't I don't take that back at all. That's how I feel. I've had hotel fires and we did it with a lot fucking less than that. So that passing the buck shit for years and years and years, it ends up coming back and people need to understand it's the decisions that you make today. The the oh shit moments that you handle today that will affect your career and everyone else's career down the line. So guys, that's all I have for tonight. I'm going to uh, go in here and check on check on the little one and try to get myself ready for uh, for this week. I'm going to handle up some of the more of the the farm and ranch stuff this uh, this weekend. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to get some more mode and then. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to get some rain sometime pretty soon. They're saying maybe there might be a little uh, tropical action coming into the Gulf, I hope, because we desperately need some rain. But anyways, guys, just think about what all that I had to say, and y'all uh, you know, keep supporting RJ, and follow us, on, uh, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcast. Go on there and punch the button for follow or subscribe, whatever it is, on the different platforms. Follow that. That way, you know, whenever uh, whenever I post an episode, when you're headed into work, most episodes I post are going to be for early morning. So when you're going into work, you can uh, listen to it, get your mind right, get you fired up, headed into the station, get your brain alive and ready to go whenever you get there. And you'll be one of the first ones notified if you're following one of those platforms. It'll let you know that I posted a new episode. So y'all go follow us on there. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. We still have some tag team and third alarm fighter shirts. I have a lot of shit coming down the pipe right now that I've been working on for several months, and it all is kind of hitting all at the same time on us right now that we're basically trying to uh, to get handled. I can't wait to be able to announce for y'all, but y'all just know that big things are coming. Y'all continue to support us, share all of our content, share the show, get the word out, and uh, you know, leave us a review. And guys, we'll see you on the next one. No